June and July are really quiet for me as a life coach. Why do I forget that? So every year I start getting into a little bit of a panic mode. Why aren't people contacting me? Why has it gone really quiet? And then I remembered because it's that those two months of the year where I, I've been doing it for 15, 16 years. Why do I forget? So I let go of that stressy feeling because I know I'm doing all my marketing really well. I've invested in my business this year. I'm doing everything as I normally do. And I have just got to trust that's what the universe is telling me trust and let go and, and that i'm doing everything i can and i think sometimes in business you need to know the peaks and troughs of your of, of your industry when it's working and when it doesn't work not to completely go into panic mode but to trust that you're doing everything you possibly can so that was mm. my message after 15 years get it caroline will you get it it's quiet in june and july don't panic, Mr. Mannering. So that's me. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't think there's anybody I know more that's good at balancing your life in terms of knowing how to have fun. I always think <laughs> I've got to be more playful like Caroline. I do like play. Uh, I, see it, I see it as an investment because then I can be at my best. I know. Oh, no, you're absolutely right. But it's also a beautiful energy that you give out to the world. You give us all permission. Which you is, have my permission, blame me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, that letting go, what made me think of is when Academy came to an end in 2012, it took me till 2019 to let go of that. It took me seven years to let go of the pain of Academy coming to an end. That is, That was a branch that just did not want to float away. So, um, yeah. So, and, and Leslie, what are your thoughts on either on letting go or, or how your week's going? It's interesting, the whole letting go theme, because obviously Boris made his announcement on Monday with regards to not unlocking fully. And I didn't realise the impact that was going to have on my children's last three weeks of this school year, because they had picnics planned. They had parent and, and pupil events planned. They had their uh, year 11 prom planned, all canned, all canned. And I cried. I cried and I recorded a video and I ranted. And then I remembered, then I remembered that actually my philosophy, and it's a little bit like you, Caroline, say, why do I keep forgetting? My philosophy is not to worry about the things that I can't control. And I couldn't control it. It was done for the right reasons. But I was so upset that yet again, those fun moments for the children have been lost to the pandemic and that was i was really really sad about but i kind of pulled I, I deleted the video after i recorded it it helped to get it out of my system and, and i reminded myself that actually i couldn't control that completely outside of my control the children are actually okay about it so i was worrying and upset for something that the children weren't upset about so how the, the children are aren't they and I'm just going to reiterate why we're talking about letting go because I think there was some technical hitch of us going live so that you would have missed the intro and that is that Kim Adele who obviously is missing today um has learned is learning as we speak to let go as she walks her four-year-old daughter Scarlett into her induction day at school so this led us to talking about letting go and how relevant that is in business as we treat that as our, our child, our baby, and we need to let go sometimes of that too. So I share your pain, Leslie. My um, my teenage son has now left school and his prom has been postponed too. Um, but we're hoping that they'll do it again on a, on a later date. 
Um, but yeah, lots of organisation, especially if you've got girls, I, I appreciate. But anyway, we're talking letting go. Um, and I just wanted to explain why there could have been a little mix up in understanding what the topic of today. Oh, no, that's good. That's good. Oh, well, I'll say the welcomes again. Then I'm hosting today, which is very exciting. And um, got Leslie Thomas here. And we're going to be talking for about the next 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes about our money mindset. And I know Leslie really well. She's a member of our community, BIP100, and has actually this morning just run a skill session that was phenomenal. In fact, somebody wrote to me on WhatsApp privately, this is the best session ever. Um, and I think the thing is that there isn't any single one of us that wouldn't resonate with what our attitude is to money and how that can um, have different impacts on our life and our business, which is really critical. So I'm very excited to have you here with us, Leslie. Uh, to give a little bit of an insight, so Leslie was in the corporate world and actually had a has been in sales and marketing um, and run global roles and done some joint venture roles as well in that. And then left when her uh, little boy was born, which I think they're 14 and 11 now, aren't they? Is that right? Yeah. Something like that, Leslie. 15 and 12. 15 and 12. <laughs> Nearly right. And um, said, I, I'm, I need to be the mum that I want to be and give up my corporate career. And joined in and helped her husband grow the business, which was in property in chalets and in Switzerland and got into that. And then decided to train as a business coach and really niche into um, the money mindset, but also has found that women have a particular um, condition around money that she wants to support. And I've seen the testimonials and endorsements and I've heard some of the case studies about the shifts that have taken place. So. This is quite a wide reaching subject, actually, Leslie, and it was really interesting being in your session this morning because it's, it impacts us so deeply. Um, so why did you decide money mindset is an important thing for us to, to get our head around? Well, the interesting thing for me, it goes back to actually when I was a child and not necessarily to do with money, is to do with my, my mum was one of those, as we used to call it back in the day, positive mental attitude. She had a real PMA about everything she did in terms of her children. And every time I had a limiting belief about myself, so I was going to do two A-levels. My mum, no, you're not, you're going to do three. I'm going to go to college. No, you're not, you're going to go to university. So every time I tried to limit myself, my mum wouldn't allow me to. As I grew older, I saw peers, friends, colleagues around me who didn't have that self-belief and self-confidence that I grew to have about myself. And when I set up the French side of the business with my husband and people would come to me to ask for advice on how to set up a business, how to do different things with regards to running a business, et cetera, started to really recognize a theme around self-limiting beliefs and not being able to feel capable to do what other people were doing. So I started to already explore that side of what was going on. But when I started my training last year, one part of that training was around money mindset. It was only one small part, but it really, really fascinated me that actually money mindset, money is an important part of it, but actually it's the self-limiting beliefs associated with self-worth and self-value that have the biggest impact 
on your money mindset. And it was that aspect that I wanted to explore because I realized or I felt as a business coach, whilst I could go in and I could look at somebody's strategy and I could recommend tweaks and changes to be made to that strategy, if their mindset and in particular their money mindset wasn't on board, then it would be pointless me making those changes. It'd be a little bit like a personal trainer making recommendations around following a healthy eating plan and an exercise plan. But as soon as the PT went away and you weren't connected with them, you'd go back to your bad habits if you weren't really bought in to that change. So for me, the money mindset is the key to making those changes that are going to create that life and business success that you're looking for. And you shared um, the archetypes that are these these different archetypes, which I think is really clever. And I really resonated one of them. I don't know whether you could share a little bit about that with us. Yeah, absolutely. So we're all made up of three money archetypes. There's eight in total, but everybody has three which controls their relationship and how they feel about money. The way that I describe the archetypes is that they're like our board members. So we're the chairperson of the board and we have our board members, the three archetypes. Once we understand the relationship of those archetypes, then we can draw on the particular strengths when it comes to a particular decision we need that relates to money. The money archetypes don't necessarily sit comfortably with themselves they can be a little bit like squabbling siblings at time and i'll give you an example so a uh, you have a celebrity archetype and a celebrity archetype is somebody who absolutely loves to be seen to be successful they love to have all the accoutrements of success and that will be they'll dress very well they'll have top of the range mobile phone they'll have a really smart watch they could have very several very smart watches top of the range car they're very very charismatic and they want to draw people to them and they want to be seen as being successful the problem is their business is not as successful as the image they're pervading. Their lifestyle is paid for by debt, by overdraft, by credit card, et cetera, et cetera. They could also have at the other end of the scale, the accumulator archetype. The accumulator archetype, as the name suggests, loves to save money loves to save money to the detriment of themselves. They don't like investing in themselves. They don't like investing in their business for fear that money is not going to be replaced. So if you have those two archetypes going on within you, you can imagine the conflict that's going on. Your celebrity wants to flash the cash. Your accumulator is saying, whoa, hang on. We haven't got that money to spend. What's going on? Once you realize you have those characteristics going on within you, that is when you can have a grown-up, mature conversation mm -hmm. with yourself, rather than shrugging your shoulders and go, well, that's just the way that I am. When you understand how damaging those behaviors can be, that is when you can have corrective behavior to get your archetypes to work for you. Because all of the archetypes have light and shade, their strengths and weaknesses. And what you need to do is to understand what your archetypes are. And then you can lean into the particular archetype that is going to suit the situation that you are in and the decision that you need to make. 
And once you've got that information, that is really when you can utilize that relationship with money to best effect. Yeah, that's brilliant. And um, I'm on I'm un unmuted. Yeah, I am unmuted. I, I'm, so uh, people come to you and they do a 10 week program with you, don't they? They've got these two on reset your money compass and then these uh, up level your business for success program uh, where you look at proposition, pricing, positioning, profit and persistence. And what sort of shifts you see when people have gone through these programs, where they are now and where they get to? Absolutely massive shifts, I'm pleased to say, because the reason I have the two programs, so the first program looks absolutely 100% at your relationship with money and those conversations that you have in your life around money and how you need to understand how that relationship with money is affecting you and how it is holding you from moving forward. You have to do that program in order to do my next program, which is going into your business strategy and understanding the changes that you need to make to really get your business strategy mm -hmm. working for you. And what I am seeing with clients is they're coming in and they're coming in physically with a weight of the world on their shoulders. You know, they will come in and they will be, they'll, they'll be very flat. They won't have that self-belief. They won't necessarily know where to turn. They feel very, very overwhelmed. They're letting certain relationships dominate them in terms of the whole conversation about money, and they don't know how to move themselves forward. Well, after a very, very short time together, once they've had the ability to review that relationship with money and reflect on that relationship and to understand how it has affected them and will continue to affect them if they don't let go of that money story that's being developed. And that money story is the story belonging to their parents in reality. Mm. But they have taken that story through with them into adulthood, even though it may have no basis for their life experience there. Yeah, I think that's... I think that's so interesting when you explored that this morning. Um, Sam, I saw that you um, you unmuted there. Have you got a question, some thoughts with Leslie? Yeah, I have. I, I agree, Penny. I think that is really interesting. It's, it's like, um, I mean, uh, the way that we're brought up and our parents have such a massive influence over us, don't they? Even so much as, you know, I, I buy the same washing powder that my mum used. Um, you know, so the buying habits are, are the same. So you're absolutely right when it comes to the way that we, the relationship we have with money, quite often it's born from either what our parents did or didn't do or how well they educated us. But my question to you, uh, Leslie, was going to be around um, the difference between males and females. Do you see a huge difference? Is there, you know, it's common traits found in how females relationship with money as opposed to males or, or are we very, very similar? Both men and women definitely have, can have negative money mindsets without a shadow of a doubt. But women tend to be the ones that over deliver and undercharge. Women, in my experience, tend to be the ones that are more honest. They recognize they have those self-limiting beliefs that are causing them to be stuck. Whereas when I've coached men, and I do coach men, it's just my, my ideal client, my niche is female entrepreneurs. But when I coach men, they take a lot more time to open up and to admit to what's going on. Whereas a woman 
tends to come in and almost put the bag on the table. You know, this is the issue. This is the problem. You know, I want to solve it. With, with a man, it can tend to be much more ego-based and it can take a lot more for them to be able to let go and to be honest and to be vulnerable because you do have to be vulnerable to have the breakthroughs and it can be very emotional. You know, my clients do end up crying sometimes, but that's almost because of the relief that what is going on for them is actually normal. It goes on for lots of people. And I think women tend to carry the guilt more than men do that men than men do. Men tend to be a little bit more, well, that happened, but this is where I am now. Whereas women do tend to dwell on things a little bit more. Yeah. Car Caroline, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I've got a lot of thoughts on it, needless to say, but when I train people to become life coaches, we do lots of modules on you know confidence, limiting beliefs. But the one module that's guaranteed to get the most tears in the room is the money module. Because around money, there's status, there's shame, there's uh, embarrassment. People say an embarrassment of riches. There's money stories, there's inherited stories, there's danger, there's uh, am I worth it, self-esteem. Um, and it's funny because some women who, when they graduate from my course, say, you know, of course, I don't want to make tons of money at this. And I say, why ever not? And you never hear men say that. Women always say, I know, you know, I just want to start this little business. I just want to make tons of money. Why not? Don't put a Tupperware lid on how much you can earn. Uh, make tons of money. Give it away if you're embarrassed about having tons of money. Start a charity and show other women how to do it. But women are very much like, I daren't say I want to earn a lot of money from this, like they're setting themselves up for something. Um, but essentially, at the end of the day, money gives us choices, freedom, safety, security, as well as all the other things. And I think we need to make a very good relationship with money. And what, just, just one last thing is when we... Um, ask i go around the room and ask my coaches how much are you each going to charge and just say the first thing that comes into your head and they at the beginning they sell uh, 25 pounds an hour you go around oh 45 pounds someone's a bit bolder some of the men say 100 pounds we do a little money exercise within the hour right now how much are you going to charge 200 250 500 with it that's how quickly you can change your money mindset but most people aim low to start with. So I, I'm, I'm just sort of nodding at everything you say, yeah, Leslie. Yeah. No, it's absolutely true. And, and Leslie, there's, a lot of people have scarcity mindset around money, but also therefore reflect that out, assuming that nobody else has any money either. Because I had somebody recently say to me, I couldn't charge that. People can't afford that. And I was, Is that something you come across as oh, well? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. People people will put a level on themselves and a label on themselves and they will believe that to be very true of everybody else. You know, a phrase that my, my coach last year gave to me, and it's so very true, do not put yourself in anybody else's wallet or purse. You cannot make assumptions on what people can or cannot afford because somebody on the surface might look as though they have loads of money in the bank and somebody else might look as though they've got no money in the bank. We do not know what's going on financially. And we also don't know what de develop developmental stage somebody is at. You know, some people will rock up really ready, had enough, want to make that change. And they will do whatever it takes to be able to make that change. Well, exactly. And in fact, the time to invest is when you haven't got any money. Because I remember when 
you know, three years ago and I was taking a really big change in our lives and Thomas was recovering from cancer and we'd finally got to zero from all of the debt that we had from the business going down. And I had to invest £5,000 in getting an accountability coach to help me get my book out. And, um, you know, I, I invested that money. It wasn't, you know, it was frightening, but I invested it. And as a result, you know, it's given birth to three very lucrative years that followed on from that. But the thing is, so many people... They get in that spiral, don't they? They don't invest in themselves and therefore yeah. they never get out of it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I put something on social media this week and it was a whole thing around uh, limiting beliefs and then putting the opposite, you know, of that. And one of the, the last slides I put up there said, um, I can't afford to um, invest in myself. And the response was, can you afford not to? Uh, and I think that is so true. We cannot afford to not invest in ourselves if we want to keep moving forward. And some yeah. people see it as a luxury when actually it's essential. Do you know something? I know I've got to go, unfortunately, a minute, but I almost want to spur this and then I'm going to wrap the room. I've been really surprised in this day and age when I have clients come to me, they, they go away and they say, I really need to talk to my husband about whether I can invest in this. I never have a man say that. I find that really interesting still. Although, although I've used that excuse purely to get away from somebody. So it's not, <laughs> it's not always as you see it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. There are still very many women who defer to their man and still need to have that support. And it could very well be yeah. financial support from their man. So it is something that is very much there, but I have used it as an experience. Oh, really? That's interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I always do ask Thomas, I've just spent a couple of hundred pounds on um, some new Emma Bridgewater China, and I brought it up on the website. And I said, Thomas, are you happy for me to buy this? And he said, you never need to ask me. I said, no, are you happy? Because I've got that respect, but I, Anyway, listen, I've unfortunately got to dash off because I've got a speech starting at 1.30. Caroline, can you, because um, I know Sam is managing the technology, can you yes. sort of do the last okay, hosting? Okay, yeah, good. Leslie, good thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. Find you really yeah. inspiring and, and have, a, have a great rest of the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good luck with you too. Thank you. Um, I was going to say, um, Leslie, I think investments in your business and in yourself are crucial and there's no point cutting corners. And I would say one of the first things I did when I graduated as a coach many years ago was find the best coach in the UK and spend all of my budget on working with her because if she's really super successful, then I'm going to fast track it, not get, not get someone who's on the same level as me, but someone who's up here so I can be pulled upwards quicker. And I, I did think, gosh, well, my money's going on this amazing coach, but it was the best investment I ever made. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally agree with you. And I think it's the only way is, you know, is to learn how other people have done it. And as you say, hang on to their shirt tails or muscle coattails and go up with them. Couldn't agree more. So what, what tip would you, we're coming towards the end of the programme, only got three or four minutes left. What tip for any viewers today, an instant tip to help with their money mindset, would you share with us? I think journaling is really important. And I think journaling to understand what is going on within you, taking that time to understand what is really going on inside your head. Because I think we lead such busy lives, we don't very often get that chance to find out what is really going on for us. Mm -hmm. So you know, one of the first things I suggest to my clients is to sit down, write out three to five limiting beliefs you know you have around money, and then write three to five more. 
And the reason why I say write three to five more is because there's the surface level of what's going on, but actually you want to get down to that next level and really find out what's going on. And then when you've worked out what those limiting beliefs are, then write them in the positive. Because obviously what our subconscious is is ever is that reminder is that belief because what we believe we become it's that belief that we know what we are doing and we're moving ourselves and we want to move ourselves from where we are to where we want to go to can you give us an example leslie of the sorts of limiting beliefs that you always come up against with your clients yeah um I, if i charge any more clients won't pay it um i'm not good with money um, I don't deserve to have more than I already have. Um, I have enough. Why should I ask for more? There are people who have less than I do. I'm greedy to look for more. And it's exactly as Caroline said, that's largely the female client mentality that they feel that they enjoy what they do. They can pay their bills. Why should they look to be more than they are already? And it's actually getting them that to that point to recognize that they can have as much as they want to and they deserve to have as much as they want to if they truly step in and step up into being the person they want to be. And it's all about that stepping up, Leslie. It's all about believing it, self-worth, valuing you and what you do. And that is your own personal growth to get there and put a good price tag on what you do is, a, is an inner journey inner journey as much as anything else so i think that's a, a great thing to remember um debbie's just said it pains her to hear that all women sell themselves short need to speak to leslie, <laughs> <laughs> speak to leslie. um what what tip have you got sam for to, to take away today for our our listeners I really resonate with everything that Leslie has said and I, I hear that all the time too and I it makes me laugh when I, I first start working with somebody whether um, male or female um, and it's like well how much are you going to charge let's have a look at the pricing points and where's the profit margin and, and it's almost giving them permission for charging a really good valuable sum of money for the service that they're providing you know exchanging their expertise or their product or service for a good sum of money that that somebody is going to really value and i always tell them the story that i remember when i first started coaching and the first few times people said to me so how much are you charging then sam for your fees and i remember saying oh it's about <laughs> and then go, oh sorry and i say it's about and then I'd say, I'll email you. I'll send you an email with it all on because I just didn't have that confidence to look people in the eye and say, I charge for my services. Um, and obviously, you know, as time goes on, the more confident you become, that doesn't yet become an issue. So I think it's just about, yeah, really believe in yourself, like Caroline says, and you say as well, Leslie, having that self-belief. Don't put the lid on it, Tupperware or not. Yeah, really believe in what you're doing makes a difference because it does. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. And I think if we all put all of our rates up today, we'd still get away with it because it's about what we do and what and believing in what we do and the value that we that we that we give with our services. Thank you so much, Leslie. Thank you everyone for watching today. If you'd like to be in this seat, just email us. Um, we're we're on YouTube as well. It'd be great to hear from you. And thank you very much for coming today. Follow and like. It'd be great to see you. See you next week at one o'clock. Thank you very much. Have a great week, everybody.
Yay! Well done, Leslie. <laughs>